welcome to the Voice of Aged Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Badgick-Smith, and in over a decade, I have helped to improve mental well-being of hundreds of older Australians. This podcast offers an authentic insight into well-being in late life, practical tips for those who support our elders, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person has a number of strengths that can be uncovered and promoted to help the older person achieve better mental well-being despite the changes in their health status. Hey, in this episode, I wanted to talk to you about grief and loss in late life and why I feel that it's a topic so important to many professionals working with older people. Regardless of your your background or your experience in supporting older people who are going through grief, it is very, very useful to know about this topic because we encounter it on such a regular basis. Now, grief in, in late life is not a mental health condition. Grief is a normal part of life. It is a reaction to a loss. It's not an illness. However, if it's prolonged and unresolved, it could lead to a lot of other barriers. And I know that we often talk about grief when we lose a loved one, and and particularly for older people, there's a lot of association with with grief about loss of their spouse, of you know, their, their siblings, their family, their friends. And I just wanted to talk about it a little bit more broadly and highlight that grief and loss is, is not just about death and dying. And it's certainly not a taboo topic that can't be discussed in day-to-day interactions with clients. Sometimes there's this misconception that you need to be a mental health professional to talk about this topic. Whereas for older people, they might just be looking for an opportunity to normalize their symptoms and talk to someone who can listen to them. So you don't need to have skills and training in mental health or to be an expert in the field. It really is about being okay with someone talking about their loss and what they're going through. And what I'm going to do is just have a little bit of a chat to you guys about a cheeky lady that I that I know and who experienced grief and loss and how it affected her life. And the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because this is someone who moved into an aged care facility following the death of her partner, her husband of 70 years. She was living in independently for about 18 months prior to moving into the facility. She was experiencing cognitive changes. She had underlying depression. It was really, you know, initially when I when I read the paperwork and when she was referred to me a number of years ago, I thought, wow, this lady's going through a lot. And the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because through teamwork, through collaboration, through regular contact with key parties, we actually had a huge success in her adjustment to aged care environment. And she was able to overcome many, many of the barriers that she had with grief. So I want to tell you a little bit about this as well. And look, grief and loss 
is a very important topic and one that I cover in, in, in great detail in the two-hour grief and loss in late life workshop, which is available for automatic registration through my website or more broadly if workplaces want it for, for the employees. I always suggest, you know, to, to have a an impact and to upskill workforce. It's no good just upskilling one worker. So you can find on the website details about training packages as well for the workforce. But back to my client, I I wanted to talk, tell her, you know, this is back in the in the days when I was doing a lot of clinical work. And as I said, you know, she, you know, she moved into a home and there was a lot of assumption that she just was really struggling after the death of her husband. But her grief and loss was not necessarily like she missed him dearly and she was, you know, getting very tearful talking about her, uh, about his loss and about not having, you know, her life partner next to her. But for her, it was much bigger than that. It was that loss of independence, loss of purpose, difficulty accepting the fact that she was moving into an aged care home, but she knew that she couldn't remain living independently. She was consulted. And in fact, it was her decision to move into an aged care home. She did not want to inconvenience her children. That Those were her words. She actually wanted to keep her independence by moving into an aged care facility. Her children were approaching retirement age and they had travel plans and she knew that the best and safest place for her was in an aged care home, particularly as she was experiencing falls. There were a couple of instances where she had a fall and she was on the floor in, in her home for long periods of time and deep down in her heart she knew that it was time. And I think it's important that even though sometimes we know what is the right decision for us, our emotions might not be in, in tune with the right decisions that we, we need to make. And it was certainly the case for this lady. She found it very difficult when she moved into an aged care home. Everyone was welcoming. Everyone was lovely. She had a beautiful room looking out to the garden. It was perhaps like the least institutionalized room that I'd seen because it was just full of flowers, full of sunshine, beautiful views out the window. But she, you know, deep down inside was experiencing a lot of grief and loss. And on top of that, this is someone who had a history of depression and she was starting to show cognitive changes as well. We would have not had the amazing outcomes that we had had it not been for the interdisciplinary approach and working together with the physiotherapist, with diversional therapist, with her GP and the family. It took quite a bit of discussion between all these parties about how we could best support this lady to encourage mobility, encourage engagement, offer her supportive counselling that helped her overcome her grief and, and also address the underlying depression. And, you know, when we talk about the difference between depression and grief, it's not something that it's common knowledge. It's not something that I'm expecting you to say, oh, yes, I want to be a subject matter expert on that topic and that's something that I want to address straight away. It is not about that. And it's true that people who have grief for long periods of time may have underlying depression and also that if grief is not addressed, that it could lead to other problems as well. But it's very important for you to know, regardless of your profession and your experience in working in aged care, that grief is a natural part of life, whereas depression is not. 
and that there is treatment available for people, regardless of their age, who experience depression. I hope you got that all right, because it was a bit of a, you know, a big statement to make, but it is something that, that, that's really important to, to recognize. So when people experience grief and loss, it's not always about, you know, death and dying. For some people, it could be, you know, loss of independence, loss of physical health, loss of cognitive health as well, if they've been diagnosed with, with dementia, adjustment to being in a new environment, and, and so on. So it, it's not just about, you know, death and dying, but if the person is experiencing multiple losses in late life, it can make it more difficult for them to adapt. And so if they're not addressing the losses, they are likely to experience more barriers down the track. And then, you know, the grief that they're experiencing on on a regular basis, as opposed to easing off over time, they're constantly in this state of mourning and they have increased risk of developing complicated grief. So, look, I I discuss all the, the, the theory and terminology and all that in the workshop, but I wanted to, you know, give you some practical case studies and examples in this episode so that you can see how grief and loss can really be broad in, in the range and presentation in how, you know, we encounter our clients and, and how not discussing or talking about grief in late life can become problematic. Because sometimes all you might need to do is just listen to the person. I've heard it too often that, you know, professionals, volunteers and, and students, you know, who, who are on a placement in aged care homes, you know, get, get afraid of bringing up individuals or, or, or memories that the older person experienced in fear of them getting emotional about, you know, their wedding anniversary or the birthday of their spouse who passed away. And I think that we need to normalise discussions and giving opportunity for, for the elderly to share their experiences. Maybe they're just waiting for someone to ask the question. And in fact, they might feel that they're causing burden by taking up someone's time to listen. So all you need to do is listen with an open heart and not be judgmental. And obviously, if the person describes significant underpinning distress to make sure that those concerns are escalated. And you're not doing that to get them or yourself or anyone into trouble, but to make sure that they get additional support that they might need to. There are a number of wonderful programs and incentives out there today, much more than there were, you know, five, ten or so years ago. I know when I started in aged care, there was very limited support for mental health and for, for therapies for older people in in general, in, in, in the community and residential care, not, not many mental health professionals work with it. But now we've got lots of wonderful incentives and supports that would assist all the person. For example, there's the, the program through Swinburne University of Technology, counselling and support services for all the people. And they use cognitive behavioural therapy, reminiscence therapy and solution-focused therapy. You can look them up online. So there, there's options. There's Support's available, there are programs in place, and it's really important we know what is out there and that we don't just look with, you know, a narrow focus and think it's not mental health and well-being or grief and loss is not part of my role and what I do. Yes, it is. 
it can underpin your service delivery and what you're doing. And it's not something that we could neglect in how we address it. So coming back to my client. So initially, yes, very tearful, did not want to leave the room. Every time we spoke about her, her husband, she was getting emotional. And not just about her husband, just about missing her backyard, sitting out in the sun in her backyard, adjustment to being in an aged care home, changes in her memory, lots of things were just making her very tearful. And over the course of three to six months, she really improved a lot. And, you know, her cheeky personality really emerged and it was, you know, she was getting less and less distressed, recalling memories of sitting out in the sun in her backyard, missing, you know, talking to magpies. Her memory didn't decline during this period. If anything, it actually improved because she was responding so well to psychotherapy. She was responding so well to strategies that we discussed. And I also ensured that there were supports in place for her in between our sessions so that she was not isolated for long periods of time in her room, that visits with the family were taking place in the garden. And she really grew to, to love being out in the sun. Well, in the aged care home, but you know, outside in, you know, out the back. And, and she was really able to adapt to that environment so well. And she would greet me with a smile. Um, as time went on, it was more and more evident that she did not need regular support from me and that she had assimilated to her environment very well. But, you know, I wonder if, if perhaps she did not get that right support when she first moved in, if her underlying depression was not detected, if she did not have support for her grief and loss, if she was not given opportunity to discuss her losses and the impact it had on her life, would she have adjusted as well as she did? Probably not. Probably not because she really needed to process everything that had happened and to gain a sense of insight into what was going on for her and how important it was. And this is what I mean about, you know, grief and loss and how it's so important that we all know how to work around it. And not, not to be afraid if a client is from a different cultural or religious background or if they have, you know, different coping skills, sitting and listening with them about the impact of loss on their lives and how they're processing it is very empowering. So grief is the normal part process of reacting to a loss. Loss could be physical, social or occupational. In late life, it usually tends to be physical, such as a death, physical loss of someone, and social, such as being separated. Far less occupational, even though for some people, in particular men, in my experience, they have found it very difficult to adjust to life post-working, post-retirement, and their identity. It's been particularly difficult for some people. Not, not all, and I think that's... That's important to recognize as well. So it's, it's an interesting topic to, to uncover when it comes to you know, grief and loss in late life and what it means for the individual and why it's so important that we, we tackle it. And I just think for, you know, for all people who've had health setbacks or you know, who've moved, it's particularly important for them for us to not recognize what's going on for them and to 
look at their, you know, their, their losses across their lifespan and, and what impact it's had on their resilience and ability to overcome challenges that they're facing in that period of time. Now, with my with my case study, I briefly told you that she had a history of depression. And I know that this is something that comes up often is that people can't differentiate between depression and grief and loss. It comes up quite often. And, you know, broadly how I look at that issue is that depression is is a mood disorder that makes you feel constant sadness or lack of interest in life, whereas grief is, you know, quite different in that it tends to decrease over time. And the core symptom of grief is that persistent preoccupation with the person or the loss that, you know, they've experienced. So whilst it's true that there are similarities between the two, there's also a lot of differences between the two. And it's also true that grieving may develop into a full-blown depression, but not always. It's not it's not safe to assume that that's what happens to everyone and then once they they have a loss in their life that that is just naturally what is going to happen. It's not always the case. So in my workshop we discussed the similarities between grief and loss and depression, which includes, you know, intense sadness and insomnia. But it's also really important to know the difference between the two. And if you worry about someone that you're supporting whether they have grief, depression, or if their grief has been going on for too long, if they might be having complicated grief as well. So it's normal for someone during the first few months after loss to have intense psychological reaction to what is going on for them. But for someone who's had these symptoms for a long time, you know, for years, it might mean that they have complicated grief and they might need more support in how they overcome the challenges. I wanted to very briefly talk to you about some of the strategies that we could use to support people who are going through through grief. And I just gave you, you know, with my case study, uh, you know, uh, approaches to how I've done it in terms of how we go. You know, there's no right way. There's no right way to grieve. There's no right way to um, experience the, the grief. It's really about acknowledging it and helping your client or older person that you support deal with it, as well as prioritizing self care. There's no no um, grief does not have a timeline. It's not like okay, week one you're going to be this, week two it's going to be this. It's not not like that. It's not that straightforward. But obviously, you know, take home message for you here is that if a person has symptoms for too long which are impacting their quality of life on day-to-day, they, those concerns need to be escalated and might need to get support from a professional. So it's not selfish to think that, you know, some people might think it's selfish for them to, to get extra support because of what they're going through. There's a lot of grief counselling available. There's grief-targeted psychotherapy. There's talking, talking about grief. Some people might not need therapy. They just might need to get some talking and support happening and to reduce isolation, which is a huge issue with with our older population, both in in their you know in their, those who live in their own homes and residential aged care facilities. And you know the other thing that I haven't really touched on, and perhaps it's the 
it's a topic outside of the the scope of um, what we're discussing today. But you know, with thirty five percent of deaths occurring in aged care facilities, it's common also for older people in aged care to be affected by grief of their friends and acquaintances they've met in aged care facility, and how it's important for them also to to discuss that what is going you know around them in the environment as well. So really important if we can look at strategies how we can support older people, support ourselves, make sure that we're looking after our own well-being, using strategies to boost that, allowing older people to discuss what is going on for them and support them. I've had success with my client and that was thanks to multidisciplinary approach. And I'm sure that, you know, if, if you work collaboratively within a team as well, that you will have better outcomes for your client and that they, you know, that their difficulty with adjustment with their grief and their depression can be overcome to help them live long and successful lives free from emotional distress. That's all for this episode. Bye. Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care done and dusted. Make sure you don't miss out when I release the next episode by becoming a subscriber on over on your podcast app of choice. And if you can, please leave a review too. I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to wisecare.com.au and check out my top downloaded resource, Five Facts About Me, which can drive better engagement with the elderly client regardless of your role in their lives. I'll see you at the next episode.